Hey guys, happy Monday. Hope everyone had a great weekend. I just wanted to share with you guys I'm getting a lot of questions about Modere and why I love it and why I decided to partner with them. You guys, it is such an incredible company. It is plant-based. It is non-GMO. It's all clean. It checks off all my boxes when it comes to myself and my family. And I really can't say enough good things. It's made in the USA. Like, it supports everything that I personally align with. And so that's why I wanted to share it with all of you. So don't forget, you can use my code, which is my referral code, 252-8195, and you'll get $10 off your first order. And my favorites right now, if I could say any, I honestly love it all, but the collagen, I'm loving and seeing so many great results with my skin, my body, my joints, everything. I love the greens mix as well, just for making my digestive feel great. And the go for focus and just not having a slump, being a busy mama and entrepreneur and all the things. So don't forget, you guys can use my referral code 252-8195 and I'll give you $10 off. If you have any questions, please always feel free to DM me and say hi at Alleyline Design, A-L-I-L-E-V-I-N-E Design. I hope you guys are following me there and I hope you're following the podcast and everything with Ali Levine on social, on Instagram. And feel free to always just DM and say hello. I hope you guys are enjoying the podcast. Today's episode definitely makes you think a little bit more about our medical system, the way things work, our natural bodies, and that much more. So hope you guys have a great Monday and I'll talk to you soon. This is Everything with Ali Levine. Hosted by Hollywood mom, celebrity stylist, influencer, and Bravo reality star, Allie Levine. On this podcast, you'll get a mix of, well, literally everything. From motherhood to fashion, lifestyle to spiritual well-being. All real and raw. Allie interviews celebrities, experts, influencers, entrepreneurs, and so much more. Tune in weekly to be inspired, empowered, and entertained. Welcome back to Everything with Allie Levine. I'm your host, Allie, and I'm so excited and honored for today's guest. I have an incredible man, Dr. Ben Tapper here, and I want to tell you guys a little bit about him before I bring him on. So Dr. Ben Tapper is one of the founders of Health Freedom for Humanity. He is a strong leader in the fight against medical tyranny and has been very outspoken in the last year. He is very, very, very dedicated guys to his work, and I can't wait for you guys to hear this. His speeches have traveled across the globe, inspiring others to take a stand, and he is a force to be reckoned with. Dr. Ben Tapper, welcome to my show. Well, thank you for that warm welcome. I'm glad to be here. I'm so happy to have you. I mean, I just want to read a, a, a quote that was in a bio that you sent me, which is the doctor of the future will give no medicine, but will interest his patients in the care of the human frame spine in diet and in the cause and prevention of disease. Thomas Edison. I would love to, you know, before we dive into all things for those that maybe don't know you or, you know, don't know, you know, your journey, could you share a little bit of, you know, who you are and how you got here? Yep. So I come from a family of, chiropractors. My dad was a doctor of chiropractic. My sister is a doctor of chiropractic. Her husband's a doctor of chiropractic. And so make a long story short, our family get togethers are real fun and exciting. <laughs> um, and so I grew up way out in the boondocks in the country. We grew up uh, uh, on about 60 acres and we had about 2000 acres of CRP land, which is, if you don't know what that means, it's just government contracted land to keep it the way it is, the way God made it and not touch it. And so my brother and I, we had like um, a dream childhood because we, uh, we just grew up riding horses and just roaming the fields. Every day was an adventure and it was awesome. And, you know, but we grew up as my dad being the primary doctor and he was, you know, if we were sick, we got adjusted, take, took probiotics, we rested and we recovered. We never had a vaccine in our life and we were healthy. Um, yes, we survived chicken pox and all that. And that's good. That's a good thing. And, and so I had this mindset that this was the normal way of life. Like that was it. You don't get vaccinated. You just trust the, the God-given immune system and you don't fear disease. And that was, uh, that was our childhood. And so when I got out of the house and the older I got, I realized that this, this way of thinking was not the norm, that this is, oh my gosh, like I'm a minority and I felt like the world, my world was getting smaller in my viewpoint, my philosophy, my ideologies. And I realized that the masses were uh, being fed lies and not the truth about true healthcare. 
And that's, and that's, so I thought that my passion and my convictions were like, man, I'm, I need to, <laughs> I need to follow this, this, this conviction and my passion. And, and I need to be a light in the darkness because the people are starving for what, for what we have to offer. Wow. That's so powerful. And I love that you said when you guys would get sick, like you guys would get adjusted and then, you know, take probiotics and, and rest and then you would be fine. You know, it's so interesting. I mean, I only recently learned about chiropractic when I, I mean, I always knew about it, but I didn't really like know, know about it. And when I got pregnant, you know, um, with my um, second daughter, after having a pretty traumatic C-section and all these other things, I was like, I got to figure out how to have a V-back and I want to do things better and figure things out with my body. And I got a chiropractor within like the first eight weeks of my pregnancy for the entire pregnancy. And it was not only a game changer in the fact that I had my V-back, but my body, I mean, the pregnancy was night and day from, you know, my first to my second. And I couldn't believe just how getting adjusted weekly, sometimes twice a week, how different my body felt the way I just felt healthier in my body. It was, it was wild. Cause to be honest, Dr. Tapper, like I, you know, I always knew about chiropractic, but when I would think about it, it was like, okay, well, you know, if your back's bothering you, if this is happening, like I never thought about it as, you know, the way you described it of so much of actual health. And so I think it's so interesting for those that don't even, you know, know that are listening right now, you know, like, what would you say to them about, you know, chiropractic and how they can hold space and understand um, how this is so natural and so good for the body um, versus maybe something else? Well, first of all, we have to understand what chiropractic is. We can't put chiropractic on a pedestal. Chiropractic is just a tool. It's like a toothbrush. What, what a toothbrush is for your teeth, chiropractic is to the nervous system. It's like we need to understand that a toothbrush is there for dental hygiene. We brush our teeth. Yes, our teeth are cleaner and, and healthier. Well, chiropractic is no different to the spine. What we do and focus on is that, yes, we need to figure out where the obstructions are to healing and remove subluxation in the spine, put motion back in the spine so you move better and feel better, but function better. I mean, structure equals function. When there's a structural issue in the spine or the nervous system somewhere, that's going to interfere with function. You're not going to move very well. And people think, oh, chiropractic is quackery. Well, then you don't understand chiropractic. You like to move better? Yes. Then, then you, you'd, you'd agree that chiropractic works and, and is, is functional because what we do is try to figure out how to get you to move better by finding the correction or the, the, the issue, the dysfunction in the spine, and then restoring that motion. But really, it's not chiropractic that makes you feel better. It's really the nervous system is allowing is freed. It's finally saying I can function well. I can send signals and uh, and and neuronal responses without the interference. And really, chiropractic's main role is just a restoration and maintenance of the integrity of the nervous system. It's nothing more than that. It's just simple as can be. It's the most simplest form of healthcare. What makes chiropractic unique is the philosophy. We have the innate intelligence, and I believe God created the body. I believe that we are uh, wonderfully and magnificently made. I don't know if that's if I said that correctly, but magnificent. Uh, it's creation, and basically, you have an innate intelligence inside the body. Now, people say that's hogwash, that's conspiracy. Well, if you cut your arm, did you do the healing, or did some kind of innate intelligence inside the body heal the wound? Now, you have that intelligence telling your heart to beat. Are you telling that heart to beat? No. What's causing that heart to beat? There's a life force inside the body. There's a life force in all living things. That innate intelligence is telling your heart to beat, your lungs to breathe, the cells to communicate. We have trillions of cells in the body. And they're, 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 it's like a beautiful choir that are, that's working together. And they're all working together for a purpose, to keep you healthy. They regenerate. They, they, they provide different functions. They provide oxygen to the organs and cells and, and whatnot. But it's, it's all one one unit. But if you put the whole thing together, the whole thing together, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, your mind will be blown because then you're going to say there's a life force inside the body. And what we do as chiropractors, we recognize that as innate intelligence. And you know, we compartmentalize the body for ease of study, right? We compartmentalize it right, for, e for ease of study. We compartmentalize the nervous system. But it's one unit. We have the peripheral, we have the central nervous system, but it's all one unit working together. And we live our life through that nervous system. Every thought that you have changes your physiology. Everything you put into your mouth changes your physiology. Everything you do and move changes your physiology. You see, we live our life through our nervous system. In chiropractic, we understand that. And your nervous system is housed in the spine. 
is protecting them, the most important organ. Because the nervous system controls every cell, every tissue, every organ of the body. It's the first organ to be to, to develop in the womb. I, I put on classes and I, and I asked the students, how, what's the first organ to be developed in the, nervous, in, in the womb? And a lot of people say heart. And I said, that's a really good guess. But think about what controls every other cell, tissue, organ in the body. It's the nervous system. Well, shouldn't we focus on optimizing that? Wow. You know, I didn't know that Dr. Van Tepper. I didn't know that that I also would have said heart. I did not know that uh, when it comes to forming in the womb. Right. Well, I mean, it's, if you look at the, the developmental stages in the womb, the nervous system developed in the spine and it's like, because it controls every other organ. It's kind of like what comes first. Is it the seed or is it the apple? You know, we, we plant that seed and then the, the tree grows roots and then the, then, and then, you know, the tree forms and then we have good fruit if we have good soil and give the tree what it needs. And you see the body's no different. And the nervous system is like the roots and it grows and then it grows the tree and the foundation and the spine and everything else. And then if we give the body what it needs, it can, it can produce health. And in other words, your level of health is really the innate expression of your lifestyle choices, how we eat, how we move, how we think, how we pray, how we relate. And that's the secret to health. And I think that this, the, the debacle, the circus, the, the fiasco that we're in in this whole thing is such a disservice. And if people, people that understand true health would realize, like these people that claim to be uh, health professionals, the administrative docs or these administrative organizations and companies that are pushing this vaccine, they have, they have no idea what it means to be healthy. And their main priority isn't our health. It's, their main priority is to push more drugs and vaccines. And if they... You know, and the thing is, they the the opportunity at hand for them to to really, if they cared about health, there's a massive, massive opportunity right now to push true health, but they're not. There's a massive opportunity to educate the people on true health, but they're saying, nope, there's nothing you can do to stay at home, sit on your recliner, eat your Doritos, drink your sodas, watch television, avoid the gyms, avoid your neighbor, wear multiple masks, and just wait till the savior of this vaccine comes. And that's essentially what they're telling us to do. And so a lot of people believe that. There's nothing I can do, man. So I'm just going to sit around on my butt and just uh, wait for this vaccine. And that's the problem. We put this vaccine on a golden calf and we, and we, we lost faith in God's creation. We have lost faith in this innate intelligence side of the body. We have lost faith in really um, the ability to be well. And the art of healing is really becoming a lost art. Well, I got chills when you said that because, you know, I think that, I mean, just even first off what you were saying about, you know, sit, sit home, you know, stay quote unquote safe, you know, eat your Doritos, do this or that. It's like, I was talking to one of my friends and I'm like, it's wild how people, you know, sit home and are thinking like, oh, I'm sitting home being safe, but like, maybe they're not working out. Maybe they are having horrible food, whatever they're doing. And it's like, you know, do you think that's healthy too? And that that's helping your, you know, immune system and your body and everything do what it needs to do if you were to come in, you know, contact with the virus or any other sickness for that matter. I mean, what did we do, you know, before this virus, you know? And so it's just so, it's so wild to me because, you know, I appreciate what you share and what you say, because obviously it is not the, you know, narrative and it is definitely um, important to have these types of conversations to really open people's eyes to seeing that, like, you know, it isn't just one way and it isn't just one thing. And, you know, as I became a mom, I started doing a lot of research on vaccines in general and, started, you know, truly feeling horrified by reading the material, you know, the materials and everything it's made of and, you know, how even old school vaccines are nowhere near what, what these vaccines are now and the amount of compounds and chemicals and cells and just everything that was in them, you know, and I started watching documentaries and educating myself and I started saying like, wow, like, this can't be good to put into a, especially a little baby's body and so many at once. And then, you know, with my social media platform, so many moms started reaching out to me and sharing their stories. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I, I believe moms before I believe like you're saying like this quote unquote paid medical system, like, you know, big, you know, like big pharma and all these other, you know, people who, you know, let's be honest, are paid for, you know, sharing whatever it may be and have, you know, are working with the government and everything else. And it's like, it's no secret if you actually do your research. And I think that it's really interesting to those that really are, you know, blinded or just truly believe the system, you know, that's really where I sit there and I go, wow, how, how are you not seeing this? 
Right. And you know, you hit the nail on the head when you talk about the parents, they know that there's something wrong with their child. Because here's the thing, science is what we can observe. We learn, we have to humble ourselves, and we look through the lenses of observation. So I take great offense and, and I find it very insulting when they say, oh, the science is settled. No, it's never settled. Science is never, never, never settled. Okay, we must understand that it's always we learn through the lens of observation and what is more scientific than a parent that observed their child um, acquire an injury after vaccination and I have the I pose a question who could have more knowledge care and intuition about a child's health and the needs than the child's mother and these doctors are gaslighting these parents they're just like, they're just writing them off as crazy or crazy anti-vaxxers uh, because they, 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 they're concerned that their child is injured from this vaccine. And they're saying, no, it was just genetic. I'm sorry. There's no correlation. Causation is not correlation and or correlation, not causation and yada, yada, yada. And I'm just like, this is evil. These people are pure evil. If they're not even recognizing the fact or even giving these parents the time or day and it's writing them off as crazy, hey, they lost their child to a vaccine. And then they just gaslight the parents as if they're crazy. And then they label them as anti-vaxxers. I mean, what and where have we become as a society? And where is our healthcare going if they don't even recognize the fact that these vaccines are causing injury? But let's write them off as crazy. And that's where I stand. That's where my convictions to speak out are so much greater than my complacency because I feel like this is, I speak for these parents. I get these parents that constantly message me, encourage me, like, thank you. You're our voice. You're for the, you're the voice that we need because, you know, our child uh, died 24 hours after their MMR shot. Their, my child died from this vaccine. My child was airlifted to the hospital after the swine flu vaccine and got Guillain-Barre. I found him in a, in a, on, his, on his floor at 2 a.m. in a puddle of his own urine trying to scream for help. You're my voice. And this is where, why I speak. This is why my convictions are so great. I feel like God has put me on this, on this purpose to shine light in the darkness and in, in the face of this evil and tyranny. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I, I so heartbreaking to hear those stories and I've had them shared with me as well on social when I've shared, you know, uh, on my stories and everything about how, you know, me as a mom doing the research and how I also, you know, have been labeled all of those things, you know, even by, you know, people that, you know, love me and it's, it's very hard. And I, you know, I have just had to say to everyone, you know, look, I do hundreds of hours of my own research. I continue to educate myself. I continue to, you know, um, see what I see and, you know, learn what I learn. And, you know, I, and, and for me, like how you were saying with like the science is settled, it's like, no, it's never settled. Um, my husband says that as well. He's like, you know, science is ever changing. We're always learning, you know, from science. And, you know, that goes for me as far as, you know, with the vaccines as well. Like I consider myself actually like more delayed than anything else than still navigating what I'll do and what I won't do. But I don't feel pressured to feel like I have to do what they say just because that's supposedly, you know, right. I do my own research behind each one and spend hours, you know, hundreds of hours in books and, you know, different articles about each one and figuring out what makes sense to me and what doesn't. And I think that alone, you know, what you were saying with parents, it's like, it's so upsetting that whatever you choose to do, whether you delay, you don't do it at all, what, whatever it may be, that you're labeled something. And it's like, well, you're their advocate. Like they can't speak for themselves. Like you just said about those horrifying stories of them screaming for help. It's like, you know, they're, they're these little things. They can't, they can't advocate. Even when they get older, they may not even fully know, you know, that that's what's affecting them until they can really speak to it. And it's like, you know, we are their advocate. And like you're saying for you, you know, being a doctor in the space, you know, you are becoming these other people's advocates and sharing. And I want to, you know, get into that on social, you know, you've gotten quite loud, you know, you um, have posted videos of you, you know, having these, you know, very intense conversations and fighting for rights. I mean, I'm sure you're getting a ton of backlash. And like you said, the, you know, quote unquote, uh, people using the word quackery, you know, it, it, it must be difficult for you for someone who really is, you know, it not only comes from a family in medical, you know, working it yourself are very passionate about what you do. And you're really just trying to open people's eyes and help people in this field and, you know, bring in other ways to look at medicine to be called a quack and all these other things, you know, how is it for you, you know, as, as a doctor and, you know, individual and everything, because, you know, that's what I'm seeing so much of. And honestly, I just think it's horrible. Well, I live by the slogan, you never let the negative few ruin the positive many. 
And I believe in my heart that we are on the right side of history. Truth is on our side. And I, and I believe that God is on our side. And I believe that with everything and every ounce of my soul. And I know that, you know, all the greatest leaders of our time were persecuted. And it's, yeah. and that's the time we're at. I mean, if I didn't want to make anyone upset, I'd go sell ice cream. <laughs> and no offense to those who sell ice cream. It's very tempting. But it's like, for me, my convictions are greater than my complacency. My convictions are greater than the amount of persecution that I, I will receive and continue to receive. And it's just, it's just a, a purpose. When this all started last in 2020, um, actually it started before then, but when this started, when the lockdowns and restrictions and everything came about, I told my office staff, I said, we're not going to give in to this. I gave them the option. I said, just to let you know where we're headed, we are not going to comply at all with this, these mandates and regulations. We're not going to put on masks. We are not going to put signs on our door. We are going to be a light in darkness. We're going to batten down the hatches and we're going to head into the storm. And I, and I said, <laughs> you can stick with me or you can leave. It's up to you. And, wow. they, and so, you know, and that's that we've lost patience. We've had hateful messages. We got phone calls up the wazoo, but, and, you know, I've had people try to, you know, almost give me death threats. And I just, I just know that no enemy of the, or no weapon of the enemy will prevail. And I just know that I, my purpose here is much bigger than myself. It's bigger than my office. It's bigger than my kids. I do this because we have an agenda being pushed on the people on a global scale to change society as you and I know it. Yeah. Well, I mean, and again, you know, it's just so interesting to me, you know, when I have these conversations with like people like you that can see that and, you know, are experiencing it, you know, firsthand and then others who just, honestly, they look at it as complete conspiracy. They look at it as crazy. They can't hold space for it. And honestly, that's why I wanted to have you on today because, you know, those that are listening, you know, there are quite a people listening that are on our, you know, our wavelength and totally agree. And that's obviously, you know, my audience, but then there are some that are listening that are like, oh my gosh, what are they talking about? This is crazy. You know, and it's, and that's where I'm really trying to like, you know, bridge the gap is like, you know, let's not look at you as crazy and let's not look at us at crazy. Let's like have an open conversation about, you know, what this looks like. And like you said, like the actual um, body and the way it actually, you know, works and was created and, you know, the start of it all versus what we've potentially been fed and, you know, been told. Um, and so I just think it's just so powerful to have these types of conversations to really open people's eyes and hopefully they, you know, listen with their ears you know, in their heart to understand like that people like you, you know, they're labeled a quote unquote quack by some, it's like, you know, not, you know, none of the sort, you know, it's like you, you just shared, you know, why you're doing this. And also you are a father. I mean, you must also as a dad, you know, see so much, even with your own kids and, and also obviously be so protective of them and everything I can imagine when it comes to all this. 100%. I mean, yes, I know I have, I have four little kiddos and, you know, and I, I know there's crazy people in the world and, um, but you know, they're my why they're the reason I do this. I tell them, you know, I just want you guys to understand that, you know, daddy is, is fighting for freedoms, your freedoms, your children's freedoms, your grandchildren's freedoms. And I just want you to know that I'm not sitting idle. I'm fighting for you, you right. know, and yeah. I get, I get like so emotional when I think about that. Cause it's like, you know, it's not like I do this for fun. I don't do this for publicity, even though like, you know, the first speech that I, I did, it was like in August, my daughter, like put her hand on, on me and she just wanted to pray for me. 
before I went up there. She knew I was, she knew I was nervous. She knew I was like upset and just because I had to listen to these doctors and they had all this time in the world to talk about this misinformation of propaganda and fear mongering. And they didn't talk about once did they talk about things you could do to promote health. All they did was talk about fear mongering tactics and it was shame. Now, and I go up there and my wife goes, you better know what you're getting yourself into because there's about five news cameras on you. And, um, but I went up there and I prayed, God, turn me into a lion. And I say, give me the words to say and let these words travel far and wide. And I remember praying that and I'm not even exaggerating, but I, I spoke and the next morning I woke up and you know, I would share something on Facebook and I would joke with my wife. I'm like, it's got four shares. It went viral. <laughs> you know, that speech had 3 million views in 24 hours. Wow. It went across the world. I had people messaging me from all over the world. It was nuts. And I couldn't sleep for five nights going, what did I do? What did I do? I stirred the pot. I was so just... um it wasn't even a feeling of, it wasn't a good feeling because it was like a lot of anxiousness, just, just like restlessness. And just, I just, I just felt like I, I did something almost like wrong Mm -hmm. and I just didn't know where it was going to go. The uncertainty of what's going to happen. And, um, but, but then it, it was crazy because I got an overwhelming amount of support it, it was crazy because I just knew that we did the right thing and God answered that prayer. Our words traveled far and wide. It traveled all over the world. And if anything, I just wanted to inspire others to, to, to be well, inspire others that they can be well. They don't need to fear thy neighbor. They can love thy neighbor. They don't need, they can get back to being human again and not living in this fear. Um, you know, and I was taught that fear, I love the quote, and Fred Barge, he's a phenomenal chiropractor, but he stated that fear is the fire that fuels the furnace of disease. Mm. And, you know, and Roosevelt even said that there's nothing to fear, but fear itself. Why? Why is this, this like this, this the, that fear holds all this weight? Why? Well, from a sympathetic standpoint, it puts you in a sympathetic state. And when that happens, when you're in a sympathetic state, you're not learning, you're not absorbing, you're not sitting back going, hmm, is this the truth? Is this, am I being lied to? No, you're in a sympathetic fight or flight state. You're a fearful state. You're not learning. You're not absorbing. Your body is trying to survive. And that's what all this fear does. It, it is puts you in a sympathetic state and doesn't allow you to comprehend and really think about your environment. And really, it means you need to get the heck out of the environment or fight to survive. And, and it's terrible, but that's all we're being fed is fear, fear, fear. And Roosevelt said, there's the only thing to fear is fear itself, because he knew that we, when we are fearful, we are blinded and we are blinded to the enemy, to the truth. Um, and the enemy can take over. And right now, the majority of the people are blind to the agenda. You know, you have, it's very difficult because we have to convince people that this Corona, um, you know, we have to talk about all the flaws with Corona and talk to them and convince them that this Corona is not what we're being told. Then once we get past that, then we have to say, well, why, why are we not being fed the truth? Then we start going to the agenda of this issue. And then you start going to the Trojan horse of this issue. And then you start seeing the big picture of things. And and that's, it's, it's really uh, terrifying. Oh yeah. I mean, absolutely. And you know, when you were saying about fear, I mean, you know, I think anyone listening can resonate with that because, you know, fear it's a real thing. And, you know, we, we all have it, uh, whether we want to about whatever, you know, it may be in our lives. And I agree with you. I've been saying that from the beginning to my, to my husband and my family. I'm like, it's all, it's all fear-based. It's all fear narratives. It's all just trying to get you to fear, 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 fear. And, it's terrible because it's crippling some people. I mean, completely mentally, I'm watching people I know just, I mean, you know, they completely have um, been just, you know, listening to the news only, nothing else. Um, 
they consider any kind of alternative information, you know, not true, conspiracy, whatever you want to label it, call it. And it's, it's so wild to me that they can't see that the, you know, the main, you know, push behind this, the main vehicle is fear. I mean, that's like how you said, I mean, it's completely fear. 100%, you know, and it's, it's terrifying and, and, and it's, it's heartbreaking. And I've had a lady came into my office yesterday and she said that she's been home, uh, not, she hasn't left her house in months, in months. She said wow. she's been having panic attacks, anxiety. She says she literally has not left her house and, um, and it's, it's just, it breaks my heart. It literally breaks my heart. And not only that, but like I have another uh, family member that has muscular dystrophy that's in a, in a, ner- a home. A full, he needs full-time care. He can't even move his legs. He can only move his arms and, and talk. And, and that's even a struggle. And he's got little kids. And he can't even – they wouldn't even allow his kids to see him for like eight months. Oh. And I'm just like – I about stormed into that place and, and like took took him out – like to take him out of there and just be like, dude, you're going to live with me. You can see your kids all you want because you know, loneliness and depression will kill him faster than Corona ever will. Same with these nursing home people, these nurse, all these elderly, you know, how criminal and evil to lock up and isolate these elderly. And they're not even getting proper care. They're, you know, they're getting neglected. Uh, and we're not, and nobody's talking about that. They're not getting proper care. They're getting mistreatment. They're being isolated um, and quarantined in their rooms, not to avoid and to avoid everybody else in the, in the nursing homes. I mean, think about it. Think about the environment that's in, that's going to kill them faster than anything will. And it's, and to me, it's terrifying and it's heartbreaking and it's frustrating and it's evil. And I can just go on every single negative emotion that you can think of it. That's what that is. And it's, it's just, it's corrupt. Yeah. I mean, it's so heartbreaking when you hear, you know, stories of them, those that can't, you know, see their loved ones and can't, you know, go and check on them or, you know, if someone is, you know, in the hospital or whatever it may be, that they can't visit them. I mean, it is. It's, it's, it's so, it's so terrible. It really is such a, when we went to go see my husband's um, grandma, when we were back East, we were seeing her through the window and that was how she met my second daughter. It just broke my heart. I had to like really maintain my composure because it was just like, I wanted her to be able to obviously see my, you know, our baby. And it was just not, was not possible um, with, you know, the nursing home and everything. And, you know, you're right. I think that there is so much that you know, we have just kind of put aside, like, it's no big deal that there is so much loneliness and depression right. and all these things. And it's like, oh, it's all for the greater good. And it's like, well, but is right. it like, is it, is right. it someone is actually really depressed? Is it that the suicide rate has skyrocketed? You know, 100%. I mean, you're right. I mean, suicide rates the highest at all. It's an all time high. We have a 600, 600 percent increase in, in antidepressants in the last year. We have all, uh, you know, one out of four of our youth has contemplated suicide. Suicide is an all time high. But, you know, here's the thing going back to, you know, two worlds, two paradigms. What world and paradigm and life are you willing to fight for? Do you want a world where you have to just stay six feet apart, wear a mask, over sanitize everything? And live in fear, or would you rather love thy neighbor, be calm, relaxed, happy, not in a fearful state? And if God calls you home, that's his will. Now, I'm not saying be like, hey, go jump off a bridge. Be like, well, you're not being proactive here and not being preventative, and, and I just want to be smart. Well, that's I understand that. But the thing is, our level of health is the choices that you and I make. I can't control your level of health, and you can't control mine. So when we get government involved in that, I mean, I believe Thomas Jefferson stated it the best. You know, he said that when the people let the government decide what foods they eat, what medicines they take, their bodies will be in a sorry state as those souls who live under tyranny. And we need to understand that when the government gets involved and these corporations get so huge, then health goes out the window. The art of healing goes out the window and we have government restrictions and mandates and lockdowns like we do. It has nothing to do with health, but it has everything to do with control and compliance. Right. Well, and fear, obviously, as you and I know, you know, equals control. I mean, it's how one, one works with the other. And you keep talking about Dr. Evan Tapper, like the art of healing, you know, for those that maybe don't really understand that or understand the power of that. Can you, can you get into that a little bit? 
Well, going back to innate intelligence, right? And we have to understand that's what does the healing. If I break my arm, I go to the emergency care, the doctors of emergency care. They're the masters of crisis care, the emergency care. The allopathic doctors are the best of the best when it comes to emergency care. Nothing beats that. But when it comes to wellness and prevention, they miss the mark. But the art of healing, if I break my arm, I go to the doctor, right? He sets that bone. He puts a cast on it. Six weeks later, the, the bone is healed. Voila. Well, who did the healing? Did the doctor, did the cast, or did the body? Right? Right. So the art of healing, I love the art of the, the quote. It's like there's only one cause in disease. And that's the body's inability to comprehend itself or its environment. There's mm -hmm. but one cure in disease, and that's the body's ability to heal itself. And there's only one thing that any physician can do, and that's to remove the obstruction of healing, thus facilitating that. We have to understand what dis-ease is. Dis, the word for, that dis, the word means away, away from. Away from, what does ease mean? So away from ease, Okay, so if we understand that, it's, it's, it's not a state of ease, it's a state of dis-ease, away from ease. And so we are told that we're sick because of bad, um, you know, genes or, or bad germs. We're told that this disease is spread by a droplet um, or just bad luck. Like a healthy person can walk down the street and bam, just walk into a COVID uh, factory and get sick, you know, and that it's just really, that's just bad science. You know, and the germ theory doesn't tell the whole story, and I'll get into that in a second, but we need to understand the difference between epigenetics and um, genetic type pathology. Pathology that's blamed on genetics can be like Down syndrome or cystic fibrosis. If we don't have, and there's something wrong with the blueprint of the gene or the genome, um, but if we don't have a, a genetic type pathology, what we have is an epi, epigenetic disease, okay? So- Disease away from um, difficulty, uh, or away from, um, or I'm sorry, away from ease. Uh, you're not a, a state of uh, ease. You're in a state of dis-ease, and that's basically dis-ease or epigenetic type disease is caused by physical stresses, falls, traumas, accidents, whatever, or chemical stresses uh, that can be due to uh, toxicities from chemicals underneath our sink to chemicals we put into our food to vaccinations or pharmaceuticals. Uh, and now emotional stresses and spiritual stresses, all these things play in a role and cause genetic expression. And it's like, basically life is like a, I like to say like a fish tank and you're just a fish swimming around in that fish tank. If you had a fall, that's like me throwing, um, you know, some chemicals or garbage or whatever it may be in the, in the fish tank. And the more stresses that I have, more physical, chemical, emotional stresses or more toxins going in that fish tank. And eventually that fish will start to present with a dis-ease. The, the genes will start expressing um, dis-ease. And all those stresses combined are, it's basically uh, what we call allostatic load meaning there's a threshold in every one of us that has a threshold and that threshold once that threshold is met the body's going to start to present with a dis-ease and dis-ease is just a disturbed condition it's not a thing or entity um, you know and naming symptomatology is really criminal but it all starts with dysfunction and it starts with um you know, going back to the steps of allostatic load. And so when we have stresses, physical, chemical, emotional stresses, eventually, if we keep going down that path and throwing more stresses in that fish tank, throwing more toxins in that fish tank, um, and, you know, eventually that fish will be sick and then eventually die. And that's called allostatic load. Your body adapts its physiology to meet the load it's under. And that's, wow. allostatic, and that's allostatic load. And that's basically the cause of all disease. Eventually, your body can't adapt its, uh, its physiology, uh, uh, you know, to its environment. It doesn't recognize, it doesn't comprehend itself or its environment. And that's the cause of disease. Wow. It's so, it's so fascinating when you break that 
all down, but it really makes so much sense because like our bodies, like you said, we, we really do know what to do. And I mean, you know, on a very basic, simple level, I mean, it's true. It's like when you add stress to yourself, all of a sudden, you know, you won't be feeling well, maybe you'll have a headache, maybe, you know, you'll need to take, you know, take a nap because your body feels off, you know, whatever it may be. But then if you actually remove that stress or you're aware of it consciously and, you know, really step out of that, all of a sudden, you know, you do feel better. And I think people don't also realize how much power our minds truly have. I mean, like, and and what we really allow them or don't allow them to have. And that, like, I know for me, you know, I have become so intentional of what I really truly absorb and especially 2020, you know, my spirituality practice and everything that I've been doing to keep my mindset really healthy And it's made such a difference. And for those that I talk to that, you know, are struggling or living in, you know, the sphere and control of what you speak of and, you know, and so much is in their mind, it's because all they've done is just listen to, you know, one thing and that's controlled them. And then that has of what you're speaking to of the stresses and everything that have really taken over and crippled them, even if they don't realize it. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And you know, and that's the thing It's there's such freedom in letting that fear go. There's such freedom. And when you've done a, a, enough research, I love the quote. Um, oh, Tatiana, she's a immunologist. Um, um, Tatiana. Uh, oh, my goodness. I cannot pronounce her last name, but she is an immunologist. It's O-B-U-K-H-A-N-Y-C-H. But she stated, you know, when you've done enough research, when you no longer have the fear, Um in a good documentary, I recommend realimmunity.org. She stars in that documentary. And, you know, and, and it's the truth. We need to, you know, just recognize. And when we are, especially when we're being fed fear, we need to take a step back and really recognize, is this fear, is it really just uh, justifiable to sit back and, and give into this fear? Do I, you know, it's kind of like observing, but not absorbing, you know, and, and that's really what we need to do. We need to just observe and not absorb. And I tell patients all this, like, do you observe coronavirus? No, you don't. But people are absorbing all the fear mongering and all, all the, you know, the mask wearing and, and they're becoming that, you know, and it's like, nope, just observe, but don't absorb. And once you're doing that, just kind of take yourself out of the equation, just like you're just from a, a, a foreigner in a distant land, just observing the behavior of the people. And it's really, it's concerning because people are just becoming this identity and they're virtual signaling. And it's like this cognitive dissonance is just taking over. And it's like the book by HG Wells, the Valley of the blind. And the story, um, basically this man goes into this cave and he finds, um, these people that are living um, basically in this cave and they were there for so long, like the, in the story, they lived there for so long and, and generations. And, and eventually they, uh, like they had this genetic mutation where they, their eyes, cause they couldn't see anything. So they never used their eyes. So the genetic like expression or genetic mutations, like they just didn't even develop eyes. And the man's like, Whoa, this is crazy. These people, they just have like strings everywhere to get to from point A to point B and they would hold on to the strings and, and whatnot. Well, the man was there and eventually he lived there and they, and the Valley of the blind welcomed him in. They welcomed him in with open arms and they're like, Oh, foreigner. Great. Until he started talking about his eyesight. That's when things got weird. He's like, you know, feel, he's like, feel my eyes. And they would feel these squishy things in his eyes. And he would tell them that there's a world out there and this unseen world. Well, the valley, the people in the the Valley of the blind, they, they didn't like that. In fact, they were almost felt threatened by him. And the man actually in the story fell in love with one of the girls there. And, and they said, you can marry her, but you have to cut out your eyes and stop and never mention it again. Wow. And he was like, mm, you know what? I think I'd rather see to see the truth than become one of you, become blinded. And I feel that's the world we're in. I feel like I'm living that. I'm living in the valley of the blind. 
Yeah, I mean, I've said to several people, it kind of feels like a Twilight Zone. It's very, and how you just described it, it's very much like, okay, so, you know, some are over here and, you know, doing, you know, their research and asking questions and exploring. And like you said, I love that you said about the observing and not absorbing, you know, it's, it's so true. I mean, I think uh, we do so much of that in other parts of our life, you know, why aren't we doing that? with this, but it goes back to what you've been saying, which is that fear that continues to push people to not look at, you know, maybe what makes sense to them and just, you know, believing in the fear or, you know, they're too, again, too afraid to even uh, observe and not absorb because they're afraid of what might happen. And, you know, I've said to several people, you know, I acknowledge it's real. I don't think anything is you know, not real. I know it exists. All these things. I have people who have had it. You know, it, it's not about that. It's about what you're saying about the observing and not absorbing about, you know, doing things differently. When you look at things that way, you take the fear away. And that's where, you know, I think that like you're sharing so beautifully in your speeches is like that we have to really step into that fear and like look it in the face and say like, is this worth it? 100%. A hundred percent. And it's just, that's why I say this is a spiritual and psychological warfare. I'm being pushed on the people when I can't even hug, you know, family members, see them. They can't, they were afraid to come in my house. I was like, what in the world changed? What happened? There's yeah. Nothing to, there's nothing to fear. You know, I had patients come in, they had mask on, they come in and I kid you not, they were terrified. They were bawling their eyes out and asked me, why aren't I afraid of this? Why aren't I taking precautions? And I'm like, it's been a year. I haven't taken any precautions. I don't wear a mask. I hug patients. I'm still here. You know, yeah. how, how long is it going to take for people to realize? I mean, it's just the world we're in. And it, and that's why I, I am a, I try to to be a light in the darkness, and try to inspire others. And if you know what, and I will die on this hill. If God calls me home for this, then I'm I'll be glad to go home. But the thing is, I'm going to keep fighting and try to inspire others. And that's where my heart is. I don't like to focus on the doom and gloom. I don't like to focus. But this is the world these people are living in, and I'm just on the outside saying, no, there's a better way. It's just like the Valley of the Blind. You're not <laughs> seeing the truth. Yeah. Just look, there's no need to fear. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I mean, regardless of this, I mean, you know, fear always exists and you're right. It's like when you step into it, when you tell yourself that, you know, it's a, you know, don't fear and you actually face the fear, you know, it's, mm -hmm. a, it's a lot more, um, not only healthy, but massively empowering. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's something that I, had to step into, you know, as a new mom is facing so many fears and, you know, mm -hmm. and, it, and it's not easy, but, you know, I'm sure you too, as a, you know, a dad can relate, but it's like, once you do, you know, not only do you empower yourself, but you, you realize how much stronger you really are for it. Right. A hundred percent. You know, the thing is, I would just like to encourage the listeners and there is a key to becoming healthy and overcoming this. And it really is just understanding that, you know, I believe that God is in control always. And that really, you just can't become this whole thing. You can't give in to this. You can't let yourself absorb the fear mongering. But really, you can't become your diagnosis. You can't become the situation. You can't become the circumstance. You have to rise above it. That is the way out of this. And I encourage you to, to reach out to other people that are living that and not living in fear. Reach out to them. Talk to them. You know, if you're stuck at home, if you're living in fear, you can call my office. I'm right in Omaha, Nebraska. I would love to talk to you. I would love to just convince you and encourage you, inspire you that you can be well, you don't have to be this identity, you don't have to become your diagnosis, you don't have to be your circumstance. You know, I know what it's like. I was living in a rut at one time in my life, and I was, I was that way. And if honestly, if it was, 
if it wasn't for my background and my family, I probably would be one of those people that are signing up for the COVID vaccine and living in this fear. But it's like, you know, I had a traumatic accident in my life and I got thrown from a truck at 80 miles an hour. I broke my back in three spots and the allopathic world told me I wasn't gonna be able to walk or not walk, but like play sports or, or be active and lift and all these things. And so I became that I became my diagnosis. It was a miserable place. I lived that way for six years. Wow. And I, and I lived in pain. I was overweight. I had indigestion, heartburn, low energy. I was bitter and my thoughts were just negative in the dump all the time. And so I know what it's like, but you know, and if it wasn't for just chiropractic and, and giving the body what it needs and just trusting the plan that my body will be well one day, you know, every day I had to get up and chop wood and just knowing that that tree will fall. And I just trusted that. And I believe that the body was self-healing, self-regulating. As long as I remove the interference and give the body what it needs, it will be well. And, and I'm living proof of that. And so if you're listening, I just encourage you, don't become your diagnosis. You're not your situation. Every day is a new day. Every day is a new day. And life is an Etch-a-Sketch. You can draw the craziest picture on that Etch-a-Sketch. I don't care what you've drawn in your life on that Etch-a-Sketch. I don't care how bad it may seem or appear or what you've done. I believe that God will forgive us. And I believe that every day you can shake that Etch-a-Sketch up and start a new day. Start a new life, a new chapter, a new season. And that's what we need to focus on. And we need to focus on the good, not the bad. Oh, so, so true. And just so powerful. I mean, I, I really love what you just shared about not becoming, you know, your diagnosis. I mean, it's so true, regardless of what we're in right now for anyone listening, um, that it's so important to not consume that and absorb that and, you know, become that. And, you know, I didn't know that about your uh, story, Dr. Ben Tapper. I mean, that's incredible that you, you know, you know, not only obviously were okay, but, you know, really prevailed and pushed through uh, after going through something like that. You know, and it's, it really is just it. I'm thankful. I'm so thankful that I went through that because now I can, I truly believe it because I live it. And so, you know, it's, it's not easy to, to like rethink it, but I'm in a place right now where I just know that it will inspire others because it's true. It was a long journey for me. It was a hard journey and it's something that has been a blessing and a curse at the same time, because, you know, I, I, once you have a compression fracture in the spine, if you don't take care of yourself, you can, you know, regress back to that very quickly. And so I have to stay active. I have to be proactive. Uh, not reactive. And I have to just practice what I preach. And so it keeps me grounded in my profession. It keeps me grounded in my philosophies. And if I step out of that, if I step away from my philosophies and if I don't practice what I preach, I feel uh, I'm in pain. I, I have low energy. I don't want to do anything. That heartburn starts to come back, but that's why I stay active and healthy. Again, your level of health is the genetic or innate expression of your lifestyle choices, how we eat, how we move, how we think. Moving towards living well and making good choices, your level of health is a continuum. You're either moving towards sickness and disease or you're moving towards health and wellness. And choosing not to do anything, you are moving towards sickness and disease. That's just the way it works. We have to be proactive, not reactive. The rest of the world, 80% of Americans are suffering with a chronic disease associated with poor lifestyle choices. And these pharmaceuticals are just palliating poor lifestyle and they don't be, they don't really value their health till they get sick. A, a healthy man has a thousand wishes and dreams and a sick man only has one. So true. I mean, so for those that are listening and maybe hopefully opening their ears and their hearts and taking this in a little bit more than maybe they would have from your story, what would you, you know, what would you say to them when it comes to kind of like opening their eyes and actually looking at, you know, ways to be, as you're saying, proactive and not reactive just in their, you know, in their lives in general, when it comes to health, because that's where I really feel like it starts. It's the foundation. You know, this is obviously a, you know, massive add on to what's going on. But like, like you said, I mean, it really is the beginning. It's the foundation of our body. What, what would you tell those people who are actually maybe listening? Okay. So <clears throat> So just, just so I clarify, 
what do you want me to say? I'm sorry. I just was trying to understand what you want me to say to the, the listeners. Oh, you're fine. No, I, I'm, I'm saying like, you know, for the, someone, you know, for those that are listening, obviously that, you know, already, you know, listen to you and follow you and have followed your speeches, you know, you've opened your eyes, you know, you've opened, you know, their minds and everything else, but there are those that are listening that, you know, maybe really aren't so open and they're listening at this moment and, you know, they've got their ears open and their heart hopefully open and they're, you know, trying to understand, okay, where it starts at the basics of their body and you speak to being proactive and not reactive and you speak to, you know, it being about them, just their overall sovereignty and who they are, you know, what would you say to them as far as being proactive? Like, you know, what would you, what would you leave them with that they should look to do in their lives? You know, if they're listening and saying, okay, you know what, I'm going to make a change and I'm going to try not to step into fear and I'm going to try to step out and be proactive and, you know, and, and do what I need to do for, you know, myself and, and for, you know, my family or what, you know, however it may be. Okay. So the thing is we need to start small. We need to start small and just knowing that you can be well. I know a lot of people say, well, you're just, you know, they might not agree with my profession. They might not agree with my ideologies, my philosophy. Okay. Or a lot of people just say, oh, that's, that's quackery. That's crazy talk. But, you know, this beyond that, you know, Zig Ziglar said, you don't have to be great to start. You just got to start to be great. And we just need to get one foot in front of the other and start moving towards that direction of health and wellness and believing that we can achieve that. Um, no matter your circumstances, no matter your situation, no matter your diagnosis, you can always improve on your situation. And you can start with thinking well. You know, your thoughts become words, your words become actions, your actions become character, and your character is your destiny. We need to be careful what we think about. Just changing your thought process can change your world, can change your physiology in a second. So we need to think well. Focus on the positive. That's why the TV is poison. It's toxic. It's all negative. It's all just, you know, people like the entertainment. They like, they like all the Hollywood productions. It's like, you know, I've shut that off long ago, and I have never been happier. I picked up different hobbies. Um, and so that – we need to think well, just believing that you can be well, believing and focusing on the good is huge. Then we need to move well. You know, Zig Ziglar said, you don't have to be great to start, just start to be great. You don't need a gym membership to move well. You can just start walking a 30 minute walk. Just get out and start moving, get out and walk and, and be active. That would be a great start. You know, and a lot of people, they want to go on diets. I don't believe in diets. I believe in lifestyle. Diets have failure written in the blueprint. My mom was living proof of that. She's been on every single diet you can possibly think of. She would lose weight. She's like, I'm healthy. I'm fine. See, I'm healthy. Then boom, go right back to her old lifestyle and, and then go back on another diet. It was the same old song and dance. Change the lifestyle. Diets have uh, failure written in the blueprint. Eat well, get on a good omega-3, supplement with vitamin D3, probiotics, Get uh, stop eating out at fast food, avoid the sodas and the processed foods. Eat real live food, organic food, salads. Get a variety of fruits and vegetables, nuts and seeds, good oils. Stay away from canola oil, hydrogenated oils, trans, you know, the, the trans fats and all that garbage stuff. Um, you know, and then, you know, I believe that we are not just human beings having a spiritual experience, but I believe that we are spiritual vessels having this human experience. And I believe that it's so important to, to pray and have a relationship with the creator. And I think that's, you know, that's my belief, my spiritual beliefs. I believe in Jesus. And I believe that's, you know, a lot of people don't believe in that. They think it's crazy, but I, I, you know, my experiences, we can maybe say that for another podcast, but the stuff that I could tell you would just blow your mind. And um, so that being said, I think prayer and meditation are absolutely so important. You know, you might not have the same beliefs, but it's one of those things where meditation is good for the mind. It's been proven silencing the mind, you know, with all the busyness and all the noise, spend five minutes a day, just silencing the mind, practice meditation, get into a dark room. And I just, I view like thoughts. Sometimes I view thoughts as clouds as drifting away. And I just try to get those clouds. I say, Oh, they're going to drift away. I'm just going to watch them. They're just going to drift away and I'm not going to give any attention to them or logs floating by the stream. Sometimes been listening to like running water and I just close my eyes for five to 10 minutes and I just try to silence the mind and every thought that comes by, I just let it drift by like a log and not to, to give it attention. Now that might seem like crazy talk to you if you've never done that, but I've been doing it for years now and I try to silence the mind, quiet the mind. And it's a very good practice. And that's really what meditation is. Prayer is talking, asking, telling, can, you know, um, uh, and meditation is listening. That's what that is. And I so love even, that. I love that you, what you shared and, you know, meditation for me has been, you know, game changer in my life. I mean, for those that, you know, know my show, know that I went through pretty heavy postpartum depression and I, you know, my meditation was one of meditation, prayer and many other things really truly helped me and saved me and changed me in so many ways. And now meditation become a huge part of my everyday practice. And I love that you 
also, you know, share that because you're right. It's like, you know, quiet your mind, be in the stillness, you know, let those, you know, thoughts leave and really get, you know, still with yourself and tap into you and you can tap in back into who you are and your sovereignty. Cause we all have that. And Dr. Ben Tepper, I know you need to go. You actually have, I know a huge um, meeting coming up where you are um, continuing to advocate and do the incredible things that you're doing. So um, I want to let you go here. Tell us where we can find you and follow you. And thank you so much for being, you know, a light in the darkness. Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me. You've been great to talk with. And, and uh, I just hope that your listeners got something out of this. And if anything, I just wanted to inspire you. Hopefully I did inspire you. And again, you know, and one thing I just want to leave you with your body's ability to be well, to overcome disease is far greater than anyone has ever permitted to believe. And that's something that I stand on and I know it to be true for myself. And I know it to be true for you as well. You can find me on Instagram. Um, for now, I, I am so shadow banned and censored, you know, and all these new social media platforms. I don't even know. I need a lesson on how these work. Um, but, you know, Instagram, I'm just dr.bentapper, uh, B-E-N Tapper, T-A-P-P-E-R. And then you can find my backup account, just Dr. Dr. It's just dr.bentapper with a number one. I just got kicked off of Twitter, so I'm not on there. Um, and then I'm on Facebook. You can find me Ben Tapper, but I honestly, I don't... Uh, um, you know, I get a lot of friend requests, but it's, it's, I don't accept them all. And then my, I do have a Dr. Ben Tapper of Facebook, but if, in my clinic in Omaha, Nebraska is the, the wellness point with an E at the end, that's in Omaha, Nebraska, you know, um, and if you're listening, if we inspired you and you, if you want to support us, you can leave us a review. We've had a lot of negative reviews, a lot of attacks since we've been speaking on it, been vocal. So if you want to leave us a review on Google, that'd be phenomenal. We just love to hear from you or just call our office. You can write us. We'd love to hear from you. Oh, <coughs> excuse me. But that's about it. So amazing. And this will all be in the show notes, guys. And, you know, if there's anything I can leave you with today, like, you know, Dr. Bentaper said, you know, really just think about, you know, your, your body, you know, as the, the uh, foundation to everything and to step out of fear and, you know, just to continue to trust in you more than you trust in someone else. So I hope you guys had your ears open and your hearts open. And Dr. Ben Hubbard, thank you again for everything you shared and being so real and raw and vulnerable and your, you know, courage to continue to share maybe something that's not <laughs> so mainstream. Um, it's very much appreciated. And guys, till next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to Everything with Allie Levine. If you loved this episode, please leave a review, screenshot this episode, tell a friend, tag us on social media, subscribe. Tune in weekly for new episodes and to continuously be uplifted, empowered, and inspired.